0: Hello, my name is Marcus Buehler, and I serve as the section editor for the new MRS Bulletin Impact Section that publishes now Original Research. I am very pleased today to be talking with Professor Huijian Gao, distinguished university professor in the School of Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering at Nanyang Technological University, or NTU, in Singapore. And he's also the scientific director of the Institute of High Performance Computing there. Joining us also today is his PhD student, Bo Ni, of Brown University, who has recently defended his thesis, I think, last fall. Uh, Today, we'll be discussing work that Professor Gao and Bo have recently published in MRS Bolton Impact titled, A Deep Learning Approach to the Inverse Problem of Modulus Identification in Elasticity. In this paper, they report the development of a deep learning method to predict the Young's modulus, measuring the rigidity of a material based on strain data that may be the result, for instance, of an experiment. The method is highly efficient and offers real-time solutions to problems that usually require complex numerical methods that rely on variational approaches to solve elasticity problems, such as finite element analyses. This type of approach may change the way we interpret experimental data and model materials. On behalf of MRS, I would like to thank you for contributing to IMPACT. Uh, Your article has seen four citations already as of today, and your paper is one of the first ones published in the new IMPACT section. We're very excited about the opportunity to learn more about this work today from you. Hojen and Bo, thank you for talking with us today.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you, Marcus. I'd like to thank you, Marcus and MRS, for arranging, for taking the time and effort to uh, talk to
0: us and for arranging this interview. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you. Um, so I have a few questions to start off the discussion um, for a general audience. Please describe a little bit of what your paper is about and what are the key findings are the key takeaways from this work.
1: Yeah. So, so what I'll do today, Marcus, is I will uh, try to answer your questions as best as could, and uh, I'll ask uh, Bo to uh, help me, and uh, because he's the one who actually did the work. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so regarding your question, the, uh, so uh, as you know, AI, right? Artificial intelligence or machine learning has started to fundamentally change all disciplines in science and engineering. So our field in mechanics and materials is not, uh, uh, you know, it's not above, uh, you know, it's not outside, This uh, a global push. So, uh, so this paper uh, in some sense is a preliminary demonstration of uh, using deep learning approach Solving inverse problem in material research, which were interesting. As you know, the traditional engineering approach is very good for forward problems. So we usually set up a set of governing equations. We have good, very powerful numerical methods to solve them, analytical numerical methods. Then we can do experiment, to validate the results. But for inverse problem, that's a problem that's a traditional approach has more difficulty, or there are some opening challenges, opening questions here so uh, especially as you know the inverse problem you have problem like you un- non uniqueness or you have uh, convergence issues and you have a uh, non linearity right so so the so inverse problem is not a uh, it's not a, a well solved uh, problem yet so uh, so we have a, i have a, so for some time i have some interest in seeing some develop some new uh, techniques or new methods trying to uh, uh, solve the try to see whether we can solve EBS problem in mechanics. And I have been mean, uh, so Bo and I have been talking about it and uh, we identified this problem that we wrote uh, wrote up in this paper. Essentially, it's a preliminary demonstration using deep learning, right, to solve mm-hmm. a specific problem of how to map elastic modules of material based on measured strain field, right? So uh, I can maybe say a few words briefly about the background. The background of this problem, you can think of uh, like a medical application of elastography, where we try to diagnose cancer cells. Because cancer cells, like breast cancer or prostate cancer, these are like a, represent some kind of a hardened tissue uh, embedded in a healthy, in a in a in a you know in a healthy matrix, healthy tissue matrix. So in, in mechanics, we we can relate that to some inclusion problems, right? Like hard inclusion in a soft matrix. So the problem is, in, in elastography, so what we could do is to apply some compressive load, trying to distort the tissue. Maybe we can use ultrasound or MRI images to measure the strength. Those is what we can get. OK, so currently, in the current practice of elastography, usually people have some rule of thumb. They look at where the strain is large, and they say, OK, here's where the module is small right, or soft. If they, if deformation; the strain is small, and we say, "Oh, here's where hardened tissue might exist." So this is how we use the kind of intuitive intuitive rules to diagnose uh, cancer, cancerous tissues. All right. So, um, and you can do more. Right? You you can use uh, uh, you can you can treat as as type of inverse problem in mechanics. You can say, "Let's uh, we have this measured data of strain fields." That's a rigorous, uh, uh okay. We can rigorously solve the governing equation, try to determine the best uh, modulus field that can match the experimental data. But that forward problem, that problem, uh, the conventional method of solving inverse problem is costly, it's very expensive. Right? That involves some iterative processes and it's expensive. So it's not very good uh, and for you know high throughput application or real time. Uh, where the speed of diagnosis is important or, or uh, so so it has those challenges. But the machine learning is a new technique, right? Machine learning. So machine learning, especially deep learning, that it, they're very good for image processing. Okay. They can relate one image to the other. So if we can think of string field and modulus fields, two image. Okay, if we if we put it in our mind, look at two image, ask across question, questions how these two images relate to each other right then if you have a data which can relate to image you can train a deep learning model and uh, that will give you a way of relating to image so, so it doesn't matter whether it's a forward or backward it's the same it's just from one image to the other right so deep learning model allows to circumvent the issue uh, the difficulty solving inverse problems just treat inverse problem and forward problem on an equal basis. So this is a really advantage of machine learning. So that's the motivation for us to, uh, you know, for us to take on this this problem. By the way, so this uh, our specific problem is solving a multiple one or multiple inclusions in a homogeneous matrix. Right? Assuming we have data string field. That data in the practice can be obtained from ultrasound. Image or MRI image. But in our case, we use uh, elasticity equation. We use finite element method, which is numerical method, solve the forward problem. So we can solve the forward problem. So we can generate data. We use our domain knowledge to generate data, as many data, as as much data as we as we need. Uh, then we can we can build this uh, machine learning model and try to solve the inverse problem. So, th- so this is kind of a prototypical problem. Typical inverse problem in elasticity, and which also we think this kind of approach uh, is basically a platform, which can allow us to treat generally inverse problem. We can use combine the deep learning with the domain knowledge with the traditional approaches. Using traditional domain knowledge generate data, help us build deep learning model. Then to solve inverse problem, we think this approach is general, can be applied to a generic to sort a generic approach to solve inverse problem in general. Uh, Thank you. So Thank you. in terms of key finding, right? So uh, the key finding for this problem, I would say, basically, we confirm that deep learning can learn a high dimensional mapping between string and the modules of our training over a limited portion of data. And as many people, including you, are finding is how powerful this machine learning approach are. right? It's uh, 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 because there's no direct, no simple relation between strain and modulus, right? As I say, in traditional approach, you do iterative, uh, solving a constraint optimization problem, trying to find the best uh, modulus that can match the experimental data or measure data. So there's no direct simple relationship between the mapping. And there's a high dimensional complex mapping. It's not clear immediately whether deep learning can actually uh, learn this mapping. So. The biggest finding we have is we confirm that deep learning can indeed uh, learn this high dimensional map between strain modulus.
0: Can I ask a question about the method a little bit? You have used, um, you mentioned deep learning and uh, image processing as a way of of relating images or solutions and fields. Um, in the paper, you've used a um, fairly novel method called a conditional generative adversarial net, and um, I was curious if you could talk a little bit about the, the, the method, this method in particular and the choice of the method. Why you chose this approach over other deep learning approaches?
1: Okay, yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, that we used a conditional generative adversarial net, right? CGAN is called. And uh, I will say a few words now. Let probably Bo, and, uh, because Bo has become uh, quite an expert in that, <laughs> so maybe he can add some comments on this. Essentially, in general, CGAN has been uh, was uh, this is, this technique was discovered some a uh, few years ago, right? They've been shown by many people to be very powerful tool of image processing, right? As I mentioned in. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, just in uh, my answer to your previous question, we're we're thinking what we have in mind is treating uh, treating this deep learning approach as really two images. Okay, we view the measured string fields of one image, then the module distribute as another image, right? We're hypothesizing this inverse problem mechanics can be is basically converted into image image to image translation. Okay, to translate one image to another. So, uh, under the hypothesis, uh, so among these various methods of image processing, CGAN is a very powerful tool. And, uh, uh, of course, we try some, a few other, uh, you know, few other approaches, a few other, few other different methods. Uh, we see that this method can indeed achieve sufficient accuracy, right? The other methods do not achieve nearly uh, as good accuracy as, as, as this method. The fundamental reason is actually pretty simple. Because uh, in a SiGAN method, you don't need to define a loss function explicitly. Okay, there's a discriminator, generative generative genera- discriminator. So so the discriminator can allow you to adaptively learn an implicit loss function during the training. Right. So this adaptivity of the SiGAN method, this competition between generator and discriminator, allow you to uh, basically uh, be, uh be uh, essentially to optimize your loss function during training. Okay, so this is a very powerful. Uh, such approach is very powerful. High dimensional map, different image processing, or really different uh, different fields. Maybe Bo can add a few comments on that.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, just as you mentioned, actually, there nowadays there are. A lot of exciting development in deep learning, especially on image processing process. We actually started as a play some some apps which can actually give you a picture. Uh, started a picture from just a uh, black and white sketch. Later on, we look into it. Actually, it uses the so-called uh, uh, conditional generative network, uh, general adversarial networks again This kind of method. So and and also it has a very kind of it has can already be used in a lot of different uh, application, many have, like artistic uh, field. But w- when we see it is uh, just as Professor Zico mentioned, we see it, uh, oh, it's really kind of powerful tool to connect two physical fields, to images. You imagine it's kind of two very large matrix. They can kind of connect in these two. So in, uh, uh, then combined to this uh, inverse problem in the engineering application, like the case, elastrography, in our case, we see the formatted actually directly matches between these two. at the same time, when we look into the look into the code structure, we find it's really kind of smart. So it, uh, it has actually used uh, not only use the neural network to generate the picture. Uh, and also it used another neural network to serve as the loss function inexplicitly. So it really kind of pick up the function during the training process so it's a kind of uh, uh, personalized or spe- question specified loss function and uh, the only the only thing kind of missing is that uh, what if we use this uh, into a quite well uh, quite quite defined uh, robust math- mathematical solution for this inverse problem so that's basically what we try we kind of put the, our mechanical understanding and combine it with kind of the 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 motivation in the engineer application which in this case is illustrography and combine this and try the approach and uh, actually quite surprisingly to me actually it it not only can do the artist work quite well it can also kind of give us kind of this kind of very effective engineering tools so as kind of uh very robust a very good solution that's what that's quite surprising actually
0: well thank you um so building on this on these and these developments it seems like the method is quite generic you've demonstrated it in, in one case but it seems like the method of using cgans and other deep learning methods like this could be applied in other fields um so could you maybe talk a little bit about the the next steps in your work your own work in this in this field but also for broader applications of similar methods in materials research
1: yeah uh well uh talking about next have there are there are certainly many directions right just like you know, AI has been become a, a new tool for engineering. It's going to impact all disciplines, all fields, right? A, I think, there's a multiple directions. Depend on the interest and the resource right, and the time. So I think, for uh, for example, uh, I can think of uh, for inverse problem. Just talk about inverse problem. I say in the beginning, right? We're really interested in solving uh, using AI to solve inverse problem because that's the weak points in existing methods, conventional methods, right? There's a, a non-uniqueness issues, convergence issues, and it's not very good solving nonlinear problems. So I think just for inverse problem, I can think of a few challenges, open challenges, that AI may uh, make a further impact or help us address this problem, right? So in additional modules mapping, uh, I can immediately think uh, maybe they can, uh, such method can allow us to detect uh, flaws or cracks right, defect, material defects, because of the, manual, the current manufacturing techniques, especially those based on additive manufacturing. So the flaws are really important, right, really, for quality control, are really important uh, issues. In addition to medical diagnosis, right, so detect flaws, uh, a cancer cell is one of those heterogeneities, maybe, but other voids, cracks, porosities. And so that that's something we can immediately extend such a, you know, like floor mapping and uh, uh, you know, non-linearity. So uh, we, this paper we show is uh, but it's still linear, right? So we focus on linear elastic. Uh, what about nonlinear material, large deformation, right? Uh, soft material, how do you uh, apply similar approach to solve those issues? Uh, those issues will often have, you know, convergence issues or non-uniqueness become more se- more severe. And uh, uh, so how do we actually solve the non-unique, uh, how, how using data to help us solve the non-uniqueness uh, problem by itself is very theoretically interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the traditional, the flaw of a traditional approach is we always try to address a rigorous solution to a mathematical governing equation. If the governing equation have multiple solutions, then we are sometimes have difficulty, right? Have they identified which one is correct? But data, because we're here, we're talking about data. So the data itself can help us identify which uh, is the correct solution, that's what, which which correct solution we need. For example, you can combine with experiments, putting additional redundancy data there, right? Help you to resolve that uniqueness problem to, uh, you know, to, to go beyond the traditional approach. Also for noisy data, right? Here we use fine elements, so we don't have the noise, data noise. We just have the uh, solution, a bunch of data points. What if you have a measurement error, right? statistical error? How do you improve the robustness of the deep learning model? So just for the inverse problem, I think there's a bunch of things, challenges uh, we can do. Maybe uh, a couple of PhD thesis, uh, that's no problem, right? The problem, just solve the inverse problem in general. And for particle, I one interest in particle applications, I think uh, real-time elastography, right? So, because deep learning allows to do this uh, with high speed, high efficiency. So in our paper, we demonstrated that deep learning can improve the computational speed by orders of magnitude. Uh, you can think of doing real-time elastography, uh, completely, uh, you know, replace the empirical approaches. So that's immediately medical applications. And uh, maybe building deep learning model with combined computation experimental data. Here we use the computational data to build deep learning model. But combine that with experiment will be really interesting to see how to build models uh, using experimental data or combined data uh, there you have noisy, right? You have experimental errors and noisy. And uh, for just for deep learning models, maybe a, a few things we could say there. So here, the way we combine domain knowledge and AI is we use domain knowledge, we use finite element method to generate data. That's how we, how we, we generate data using the FEM, right? So we build our domain knowledge into deep learning model. But there's other ways of, of uh, incorporating domain knowledge such as using mechanics, using governing equation to introduce a loss function to define better, uh, uh, to better define so-called mechanics or physics-informed loss function, right? Mm -hmm. So those, uh, you can build domain knowledge in different ways, not only generate data, but also um, building the knowledge into, or using conservation laws to better define a loss function. And uh, uh, there are other methods. There's uh, continuously emerging new tools in deep learning. Uh, one can probably uh, introduce more uh, more deep learning models into solving these issues in general issues in engineering. So
0: there's there's multiple directions I can think of. Um, in uh, terms of uh, the in terms of the method, now you've have, you've have gained a lot of experience in applying deep learning to uh, uh, inverse problem mechanics, which has been um, um, long-standing problems a well-defined problem, um, what are the pitfalls if you wanna maybe share some of your insights with other researchers in the materials community broadly that are maybe interested in getting into using AI, machine learning in their research, what are the pitfalls? What are the considerations you would give them at a high level from based on what you've learned in your own work?
1: My advice is for people, because our background is not computer science, we're engineers, I think for us, AI should be better, probably treat, it's better treat AI as a new tool among existing methods in our toolbox. right we, we have our own elasticity plasticity, we have our own theories and computational methods. Just like I think of AI as a new tool uh, we add to this existing toolbox, right? It's not going to replace domain knowledge. So what we could bring to the table is bring our deep domain knowledge and then we can help build better AI tool. Specifically, to the problem that we're interested. Uh, here, we show example. We use our uh, domain knowledge to uh, forward. How we know how to solve forward problem in mechanics, so we can generate a lot of data. Right? Those data, then we can build AI model help us solve problem that we cannot solve or we have difficulty solving, which are inverse problem. So there's examples uh, of we can bring something specific, unique to the table. Right? We're not not advancing the uh, AI tools itself, but we use as a tool and uh, combined with our domain knowledge, we solve the problem of engineering interest. And uh, um, so I think uh, another advice is AI t- in my mind, just like like internet, I can make a compare AI to the internet. Like internet appears in 1990, right? And uh, uh, people already very excited at that time. Right. But we don't know what application it has. People don't know exactly. We just know Internet is going to be a big thing <laughs> for the economy. Right? But during the last two decades, you see Internet is permeating all branches of commerce uh, into how we learn things, impact our learning, impact uh, business. Uh, Probably will change our life, right? Now we're dependent on you know, uh, YouTube or depends on Google, and so 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 impact every aspect of our life. I think AI is going to be similar. AI is going to be, as time goes, it will creep in all corners into everywhere in our discipline, in our fields. We just have to keep an eye and keep learning, right? We just uh, keep learning what's available, what are new tools, and keep an open mind and combine what, what we know uh, and uh, keep a knowledge of, what our challenge problems are, what our interests are, and see if those new tools can help us.
2: Maybe I can uh, just add in one point on, on that. Too. So it's actually uh, just as Professor mentioned, it's really kind of the front line of this kind of interdisciplinary process, uh, process. So actually from my own own experience during this this work, actually, uh, what I'm learning not only is kind of we, we need to kind of really keep learning these new tools also how to combine these new tools with our uh, domain knowledge this part actually is also kind of uh, is a kind of key part for actually from from my experience so this one we use the SIGAN as a very good uh, method but at the same time we also have to think about how to prepare the data so we're facing the problem of elastrography, but uh, the uh, we, we we but we also have to uh, but all the po- the, all the possible uh distribution of the modulus is really kind of Unlimited, so you have a very, very kind of practical problem in, uh, ahead of us. So we use the knowledge learned from the doctors, so uh, to abstract the typical uh, distribution of the modulus in this uh, question of interest. For example, here we simplify into this kind of uh, multiple inclusion in matrix kind of distribution, and also how to kind of describe that uh, space is all these actually use the knowledge which has already accumulated either in the application side or in the mechanical side. then actually, how to kind of manipulate this, uh, this, uh, this, this data in different format and prepare them for the uh, machine uh, machine learning or deep learning tools. So that's, is also kind of, uh, uh, kind of uh, very exciting and also sometimes can be challenging process in this.
0: Thank you, ho and Bo, and congratulations again on a very exciting and very important work that you've published in MRS Bolden Impact. I look forward to chatting more with you in the future, and I want to thank you again for joining us today. For more news, visit the MRS Bulletin website at mrsbulletin.org and also follow us on Twitter at MRS Bulletin. And with that, I want to thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you soon.